Welcome to Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And welcome to episode 87. 87. 87. And we're going to talk about today Uh how to march yourself into 2021 with a little more confidence than you might already naturally have. Yeah. We're going to have some discussions about, not New Year's resolutions, we're going to talk about a framework for looking at your life considering some things moving forward it is a good time to do some um, reflection and so we're going to walk you through some things that might inspire you help you and even give you a tool or two uh, from which to do that so i think you're going to be glad you listen today sweet uh first it is joker story time yeah and it's your turn my turn and uh first some housekeeping if you noticed a shift in the numbers of uh, episode numbers oh i uh edited the way we do it. It's basically the Jim and John thoughts, which are kind of like um, offshoots when one of us isn't available. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those previously did not have numbers, and I finally cracked, and I gave them numbers. So now we jump you should have from the beginning, which was my suggestion at the time, I do recall. You know, I I changed it, and I'm still getting flagged for it. You can't win. Okay, so that's an update on episode counts. So it jumped from 85 to 7, I think. Sure. And I want to update you on um, my son, Tim, your brother, uh, because you mentioned him in the last episode. And I actually had a couple of listeners reach out to me and say, hey, I didn't know what was going on with your son until I listened to the podcast. So Mm. let's give an update about Tim. He, uh, God has been very good to him. The, I, I want to just go on record and say that the doctors and hospital staff at Mercy Hospital in Gilbert, Arizona are phenomenal. Mm. They were incredible. Gave us their cell numbers. Oh, wow. Uh, they were open to all the support we needed. They were just really, really good to, to Tim. And, and it was a long, drug out, painful, boring, terrifying experience. Yeah, for sure. But he is doing very well. He is home. He is on dialysis every three days. And they hope that that will only last a month or two before his kidneys return to full function. So outside of his kidneys, he is fully recovered from all the other um, issues. The COVID stuff. Yeah, he had he had COVID, um, pancreatitis, and renal failure. And then he had bacterial pneumonia on top of that. Um, so it was, a, it was a terrifying time. But thanks for all who prayed for him. We just wanted to update you. He's doing great. All right, John, story time. Here you go. And thank you for that update. Um, okay, so a little bit ago, I was talking about the uh, school trips from oh, yeah, my yeah. Uh, charter school and how I had bailed on one and mm-hmm. the other two were great, and I blew through the whole thing too fast. There's some there's some fun, really good memories I have through there. So I'll start with uh, uh, Yosemite. It was a week-long trip in my eighth grade uh, to go to Yosemite National Park, and uh, you, we went there uh, as kind of like a, um, earth science kind of thing, learned about um, the flora and fauna ecosystems and flora and fauna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Good words. Uh, and, uh, but really, you know, I was just going on a trip with my friends, a big camping trip with my friends. And, uh, but it was great. We, the main story that comes to mind for some reason, cause it was like, we hiked beautiful stuff. One of my pictures on Facebook for a long time was a picture they had taken of me, uh, in front of half dome, mm-hmm. uh, which we hiked all the way up there. 
and uh, just this beautiful. It was nuts. It was in the dead of winter, so it was snow everywhere. Now, Half Dome. What does that mm-hmm. look like? That's a famous spot in Yosemite, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, Is it like a big rock? Uh, it's a cliff. It's it's really really high, basically a small mountain, uh, and kind of an upside down bowl shape that just looks like it was cut in half with like a giant knife. Just oh. sheer cliff halfway down this. And people big climb pole. that, right? They they uh-huh. yeah yeah. We actually learned a little bit about that too. Uh, some free climbers have done that, um, but we were just there to look at it uh, as part of our trip that day. Um, but the story that comes to mind among all these cool things we did was, uh, me and my buddy, Andrew, um, oh, and I just had another man. I just had another, this one was actually kind of my buddy, Jack. It was, I had like a, a, a trio thing in, in middle school, uh, really, really good friends. And he had to miss, uh, cause another, his really, really good buddy had like a family crisis. He was a great, great uh, guy, so he 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 stayed behind from this week long trip to be with his his other. Oh, friend. so he didn't get to do Yosemite? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, so anyway, sorry that just hit me. I was like, I totally forgot about that. He was a great, great kid. Um, my buddy Andrew. Mm-hmm. So it was just me and me and the other of the trio. And uh, and by the way, if Andrew happens to be listening to this, one of the nicest kids ever, and Andrew's dad mm-hmm. to this day is one of the nicest human beings I have ever known in my life. Yeah, that's awesome, awesome solid family. Gold people. Yeah, and Andrew was great, even as a middle schooler. You know, I so I was friends with him from <laughs> what like fifth or sixth grade to like eighth grade, and uh, people are at their worst in middle school, and he was solid pills. Yeah, uh, what stood out was the memory that stands out to me is me and Andrew in the cafeteria. We'd we'd be in there for um, breakfast. We would have a lunch that we carry with us for the for a hike that day. We'd be back in there for dinner. And pretty high end, I think, as far as these things go. But uh, we decided they had all these hot sauces. We said, we're going to put Tabasco on everything they give us all week long. (laughs) Just see what happens. So you get a breakfast muffin. Sorry, man. You got to put some Tabasco on your breakfast muffin. On a blueberry muffin. Yeah. You don't have to eat the whole thing like that. We have to try it. Oh, okay. So so, you had to at least have a bite. Yeah. Because me and Andrew both loved hot sauce. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we put it on everything in and. At the time, now that I know kind of more how cafeteria food works, being at the Northwest dorms, there's probably a lot of things that could have led to this. But at the time, I attributed the Tabasco sauce to some very hectic bathroom experiences <laughs> for this week. <laughs> and uh, for some reason, that's what stood out to me was the, was the Tabasco. Among and, the, the, and the bathroom And trips. the bathroom experiences. Yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, it was awesome. Uh, another thing Andrew had for that week, uh, we were there for five days. He had a five-day-long relationship with one of our classmates, oh. his, his first girlfriend, and that was hilarious too. And what made it not last? You, you just can't you can't live at Yosemite of, your whole life. None of them want, they didn't want to. Him and this other uh, girl, her name was Wei. Uh, oh. She was, uh, I'm sure she was born in America, but a Chinese uh-huh. uh, uh, family. And I think, you know, it's middle school. Everybody's at least probably a little racist. I don't stand by it now, but he they were the only two Asian kids in the class. Mm. And her friends wanted her to date him. We wanted him to date her. And they did so it. So you guys all put the two Asians together. Yeah, basically. So they, they just did it to please, shut everybody Please up. forgive me. I've grown a lot since then. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think they were both like, yeah, neither of us really want to do this. So they, right. they stopped dating. Uh, only other fun memory. Uh, no, not the only other uh, kind of funny memory. Not fun memory. Because, again, really great trip. Uh, was there's an ice skating rink. And we were all going to ice skate there, and they didn't have my size shoe. I've I've had size 15 shoes since about eighth grade. Yeah. And uh, they didn't have ice skates for me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fake, faking disappointment. Yeah, because I had no desire. 
Um, and I got lots of pity <laughs> points for my classmates, which was great. They were like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, but I grew, and, and I don't know if I've talked much about my, so I went to a charter school from fourth to eighth. And uh, there was only one class uh, for for each for each grade I was in up until seventh. Mm-hmm. There was only one class of us. There was about you know my graduating class was I think thirty. Yeah. And so eighth grade they actually there were two at that point. Um, but it was amazing, and people speak very poorly of their middle school years, and I had a great time. So uh, that was just one of my many fun. That is a great highlights. gift to have positive middle school years. That is not common. And it was. I mean, I wish I could like. And that charter school, by the way, was in Colorado. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Washington has just allowed charter schools. They're not doing great, and they don't have great reputations. So if you're a Washingtonian and you're going, ooh, you went to a charter school, it actually was a incredible uh, experience. I had a good time. That's not to say well, what I was going to say is that I don't have terribly embarrassing moments uh, that I wish I could oh, come nu- on, nuclear blast from my brain. <laughs> and... Uh, so it wasn't perfect, but I had a great time. Yeah. And Yosemite was great. All right, let's dive into the subject. And uh, here's a statement, John. I want you to tell me your response to this subject. This statement. Everyone ends up somewhere. Very few of us end up somewhere on purpose. I think, yeah. I think you can take that to the bank. And why is that? Because I think it, I think it stresses an intentionality uh, that is kind of missing uh i'm reading on your recommendation the divine conspiracy by mm-hmm. dallas willard yeah um it's meaty it's like i mean you ever take a bite of a steak that's too too well done and you're chewing for like like a long time <laughs> i hate that yeah i just ended up spitting it out it's not bad in that way yeah. like it doesn't taste bad it's a good book but i'm chewing man it's taking me forever mm. just because it's so dense but he talks about everyone's kingdom mm. how your kingdom is uh each of us have our own domain. It's the extent of your will. Yeah. How much you can change things around you. And some people have bigger kingdoms. Some people have more influence and some people have smaller kingdoms, but everyone has one. That's the point. And the kingdom of God is the entire universe, but he allows the people of earth to have their own kingdoms. He allows you to secede from his kingdom if you want to and to do your own thing. So that's kind of the point of it. The The acknowledgement of your agency and um, the level to which you can be mm-hmm. um, intentional you know, there's a lot of, um, you could call it like a, a maybe a victim state of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, ah, oh, COVID happened. I lost my job. Um, the government's giving me $600. Uh, you know, it's not my fault. My life just got ruined. And it's like, well, really, you know, the, the cliche, uh, it's super cliche, but the nine, life is 90% uh, what you, or 10% what happens to you, 90% what you do with it. Yeah. Um, in most of those cliches, there's at least something you can, you can get out of it. Sure. I think it's, I think it's that is the thing. You end up somewhere on purpose because you acknowledge your kingdom and what you can do. And it's not to say that you can go from the slums to a penthouse in New York. I'm, that that's that's um, that's not possible for everybody. I wouldn't say, mm-hmm. um, but you can you can get out. You can do pretty good. So, uh, man, you just gave me a ton to think about in just your response to my very first question. At, so, yeah, I was, I was lucky that it triggered the Dallas Willard thing because he he's got a lot of gold about that. Yeah. And it's very interesting thinking of each of us has a kingdom and we operate that kingdom. And some people uh, inflict their kingdom into your kingdom. Mm -hmm. And some people um, passively refuse to stand up and exercise their own kingdom, Mm -hmm. their own domain. And I would say that this, somebody was thinking of this, I I think the, the shortage of intentionality 
parallels precisely the shortage of personal responsibility. Yeah. So when you're more intentional, you also accept more responsibility for your outcomes by just by a reflex nature. Like you don't blame anyone. No, it's like uh, if you if you are the one making decisions for your life, I guess it's kind of like um, you feel empowered about that. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's like um, you're managing something, and and a curveball comes. You just keep managing. You 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 view yourself as the operator, yes, not as the um, chaotic element. You're just being tossed asunder by things. Yeah, and maybe this is step one of approaching 2021. Mm-hmm. Is am I going to be the operator? Am I going to be the one with my hands on the levers? Mm-hmm. Am I going to say I get to I get to exercise some sovereignty in my life, and I get to exercise my agency, and I get to I get to decide. I get to make a lot of decisions about my life. Yeah, about my attitudes and about uh, my time use and my money use. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to exercise that authority that I have. Yeah. And even I think because I, I even had the sense uh, when I so I, I felt like I was um, called to be a journalist. I went to school, got my degree in journalism and became a journalist. Mm-hmm. And the whole time it felt like um, I was just working the plan, but not real. No, that's what I'm saying. It felt like I was just uh, cruising. I was going on the winds. Oh. But when I look back on it, that was the development of a plan. The execution of a plan, a little rockier than I would have intended, I guess. Right. Um, so it's interesting, even if you don't really, it's interesting to look back at your life and say, oh, I really did make something happen. And obviously I would say that, that God was all over that um, uh, for me. So even if you don't right now think of agency, maybe even just look back on your life and think, well, look, look what I've gotten, how I kind of directed this. Yes. Now this, uh, I was telling you earlier today. There have been 15 or 20 years of my life where I have sat down at the first of the year and written out some things I wanted to see happen, particularly mm-hmm. at the church that I was serving. Uh-huh. And then I would find that piece of paper because I'd stick it in my desk and I would find it at the end of the year. And I could not believe it was about a 90 to 95 percent success rate. The things that I listed on the document at the first of the year, even though I didn't pull it out all the time, I didn't laminate sure. it, I didn't keep it in front of me all the time. Sure. They all happened. And I think there is a powerful, and there's a lot of science to back this up, that the fact that you took the time to write it down, or for in your case, you didn't write down that journalism plan, My but point. it was deep in you. You explained it to people. You embraced it as the roadmap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's a lot of power in that. So then uh, to recap, number one is... Um, intentionality, intentionality is powerful. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of power and forecasting if you will take the time to be intentional about that awesome uh the second thing that hit me um i was sitting in the hot tub and i realized (laughs) that i went to deer lodge montana 21 years ago dang now um we pastored in deer lodge montana for two and a half years and i think think it was 22 i think of that as being a long time i mean it was being not that long ago I, I I still feel connected to Deer Lodge in some way, and I I feel I still love all the people I met there. Mm-hmm. I just feel a connection to Montana. So when it hit me that I have been gone from there for 19 years, so I went there 21 or 22 years ago. I was a little bit rocked to the core, hmm. and there's a group of thoughts that happened at the same time for me. One was that, that this, holy cow, that's been 20 years ago. 
that I was in Deer Lodge. That feels like yesterday. Time is flying. Sure. Then I was thinking about 2021. There's been some memes out, you know, is are you aren't you a little nervous that it's called 2021 like it won the contest? Oh, <laughs> uh, or 2021. One twenty twenty two right like twenty twenty three yeah a like movie. we're yeah. gonna have nine sequels of this terrible year yeah. we had and uh, it made me I was I was thinking about that and it made me think of twenty thirty and then I thought well I'd be alive at twenty thirty okay I'm fifty eight so that's sixty eight that's not that um, that's not outlandish be, to, to assume you would be no that would actually be a young death that would be abnormal I it think. would but in my family it would be ancient. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my dad died at the age of 36, he was the oldest living male in the history of the family. His brother, Earl, made it to <laughs> 76 or 77. And uh, my brother's three years older than me, so I feel like when Joe croaks, that's when I need to get nervous. Yeah. <laughs> and he's already 61. So, uh, but it, just the thought hit me, you know, will I be alive at 2030? Yeah. And um, so here's trivia for you, John. If you had to place $50 bet, um, how old will you be when you die? Me? Yeah. Not not factoring in that Jesus could come back. This isn't uh, a denial of your trust in the re- sure. return of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, just anecdotally, you know, okay, I'm going to be this age when I die. What, what's the number? Probably 75. 75. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, all the predictions about medical science getting crazy, who knows, but uh, taller people don't live a, a crazy long time, actually. Really? Often, yeah. Oftentimes they have shorter life expectancies. I did not know that. Uh-huh. I think, I don't know if it's as simple as you just have more cells and the, you atrophy a little faster your body. I don't mm. know what the deal is, but yeah, slightly, slightly uh, lower. Okay. So I was thinking, uh, you know, when you put a number out there, so you're um, 25, 25. No, but I was thinking of how many years it oh, is. Oh, so, gotcha. So you said 75? Yeah, so it'd be 50 years. So you have 50 years. That's a long time. Like, that's enough for you to right now go, yeah, oh, I got 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> I can watch three more episodes of this show. I got yeah, 50 years. Right. So when you, but when you're, when that number gets smaller and smaller, mm-hmm. there's a commercial every summer that the state of Idaho runs. It's called 18 Summers. Mm. And they show families swimming in their lakes and taking hikes on the trails and and it was a the first time I saw it, it punched me in the face. I was going to say, that sounds very somber. Yeah, you've got 18 summers with your kids. That's the point. Um, you're only going to take family vacations 18 times before this kid leaves your house. If you watch that commercial now, it says 27 summers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's pretty it's, – it's, uh, it, it, I think it's brilliant advertising oh, oh, yeah. to kind of wake you up to, holy cow, I better get on this. We yeah, need a vacation. Very clever. Uh, so that's a kind of a clump of thoughts I've had that that there is a lim- time is an expendable it's a it's an it's an it's a limited resource. I had this realization lately. I take hugely for granted um, my health and my youth. Mm. I think the the um, proverbial young person who doesn't think they're ever going to die. Right. I was like, well, that's silly. I'm very aware of death, and then I realized, are you though? I don't think I really <laughs> think about it all that often. Um. And uh, and I have this realization that there is a number of days that you live in your life. Every day you waste is one gone. Is yeah. one gone from a from a finite pool mm-hmm. that you don't know the number, but it exists. There is a number. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of a spooky, spooky kind of thing. And those can be dark and and terrifying, but but they also can be very inspiring. Yeah. And and in the middle of all those thoughts, your brother got very very sick, mm-hmm. and there was a point where I thought I might lose my son. 
And so uh, suddenly, as I started thinking about 2021, uh, having more family engagement with each of my kids became a higher priority for me. Sure. Because I want to appreciate the fact that that's a limited resource. I can't assume it's going to always be there. And it is the high, it, you know, I was telling Sue today, um, if you're laying on a, if you're laying on your sick bed, what are going to be your regrets? What are, what are going to be the things you're thinking about? You're going to be thinking about those family vacations. You're going to be thinking about the time you spent with your, with the people you love yeah, and not much else really. So, so all of those together to say, bring this to the table as you think about 2021, um, how do you want to use the very limited resources you have of time, energy, money, mm-hmm. um, and what priorities do you want to be clearly at the top? You know, people say they have values, but if I look at your calendar, your checkbook, uh, and your cell phone and your, uh, and your internet history, sure. <laughs> I can find out what your priorities actually are. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, perhaps another thought process for 2021 is what really matters to me. Yeah. At the end of 2021, what what will make me feel really good about what I've done? And um, should I not uh, make provision for that so that it's more likely to occur? Yeah. Kind of assessing, does your pie chart of how you spend the hours of your day reflect the priorities of your time? Is that, is that more what you're saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. And are you scheduling, like, again, uh, everyone ends up somewhere, very few end up somewhere on purpose. So if you think about this limited resource of people, love, time, money, um, am I going to get somewhere or am I going to get somewhere on purpose? Yeah, for sure. So could you boil it down for me for a number two, (laughs) for number two of this list? (laughs) Yeah, I would say, um, Time and money are limited resources, so uh, prioritize their usage. Okay, nice. Does that make? Does yeah. that help? Yeah, that's great. Okay, the third category of thought is this idea, this word out of out of the scriptures. I should have looked up this proverb. Um, it's a very famous proverb. You'll recognize it, okay. although I can't give you the address. Where there is no vision, the hmm. people. Uh, I don't know. It's, Come on, it's, John. If this is Jeopardy, I lose. What is stumble? <laughs> Perish. Perish. Okay, so the proverb says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, there's two key words in that verse that really amplify what it's saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word vision is actually the word uh, revelation. Oh, interesting. And the Hebrew word is chazon. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like calzone. I was going to say, is that like some kind of kosher calzone? Yeah, or? it's a C-H-A-Z-O-W-N. Okay. Calzone. And that word means a revelation from God, like a divine thing. I wonder why they went with vision then. Uh, because it, it is a vision given to you from God. Yeah. And where there is no vision, the people perish. Mm-hmm. And where there is vision... You could say the people flourish. Yeah, that would be the right? that'd be the message there. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, the word perish means literally cast off restraint. So where there is no revelation, where there's no vision, where there's no picture, the people cast off restraint. 
they become undisciplined mm-hmm. with their bodies, undisciplined with their money, undisciplined with their time. Yeah. They show no restraint. Yeah. It's eat, drink, and be and marry. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Yeah. So uh, what keeps you from living that life is a sense of a vision or a revelation from God. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. Do you ever watch the movie The Blues Brothers? I haven't, actually. That's probably a big blind spot. In yeah, you probably should. Too. And I know the the uh, Peter Gunn theme is... is I've heard that we're on a mission from God that's what they they say that line a lot and they have I saw them at Universal that they're walking around two guys in the in the Blues Brothers costumes yeah yeah uh Elwood and Leroy I know Dan Aykroyd and uh, the other guy Belushi yeah yeah anyway they're on this vision they're on this mission from God there's there's something about and you kind of anecdotally told this about the the vision of journalism. Mm-hmm. I think this is something beyond me. This is actually something I'm supposed to, uh, I'm supposed to do. And it gave you, uh, it gave you restraint. It gave you uh, discipline. It gave you direction. And part of that was probably, you know, you're a, uh, you're approaching graduate from high school. I would have grabbed, I was looking for a lifeline. I was looking right. for any kind of direction <laughs> I could get. So, uh, I was very grateful to find it. Yeah, it kind of it rescued you from lostness. Yeah, exactly. And so there's the third category. Well, well and yeah, to, to emphasize, if I didn't have that, I could totally see myself taking some kind of gap year where I just got a part-time job and played video, video games for like 15 uh, hours a week or something. Like, um, I'm getting... I'm getting I'm getting <laughs> nauseous just thinking about it because you totally could have done that. So I'm glad that I, I'm saying I had the restraint <laughs> because of the vision. I did not do that. No, you did not. So and, yeah, praise God. Yeah, and uh, I I can't tell you how many people I meet who are uh, who think too many years have passed. So maybe they're 27, 28, maybe they're 30, mm-hmm. maybe they already have a kid now, maybe they have overhead expenses. And now they feel like um, I'm too late to get a vision. Sure. Because I can't go back to school or I can't uh, reshift my priorities uh, because I've, I'm in a trap. For sure. And it's a horrible place to be. The worst place you can ever be, I think, for me at least emotionally, is to be trapped. And well, and I would say that that's, uh, that's a, in itself not true, uh, largely. I think there's obviously a certain point. If you have a terminal diagnosis and you have two weeks to live, it's too late to do a lot of things. Not not that you're you know that you can't find fulfillment there, but if you were thirty five and you're in the swing of your kids doing you know growing up, your life's not over. You look at these presidents who didn't um, do what they were put on earth to do until they were seventy. Well, you look at now. I mean, you got Trump coming out of <laughs> office at seventy whatever, and Biden going, going in, in at seventy eight. Yeah, so. I would I would say that that is a, a fallacy more often It is than a not. fallacy but it feels real. Yeah. And it feels like a prison. So uh, and that is my point that it is a fallacy and and it's never too late for God to give a vision. Moses was 80 years old. Yeah. He had um he felt like he had blown it bad. And uh so it's never too late. Awesome. So uh so then my point would be as you approach 2021, is there anything God might be saying to you? about this particular year is there something he might be putting his finger on and this is why you know um we're going to start january 3rd a 21 day prayer and fasting season as a church yeah and it's a great exercise to just carve out some time to give some space 
to the scriptures, to being with God, to being alone, to turning off the TV. And perhaps he might put his finger on some things and give you some sense of kazon, some sense of uh, vision, revelation from God that would inspire some discipline, some intentionality, some direction. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, uh, let's do uh, show and tell and our commercial. And then here's what we're going to do afterwards. I'm going to give you uh, two exercises that okay. that might help you move forward uh, preparing for the year. And then you and I will share the three to five things that we hope happen this year in our lives. Uh, we each made a list. Mm-hmm. And we'll share what we hope is true at the end of this year that isn't true right now. I love it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Show and tell first. And it's actually your your week for this one. It is. And I'm going to use uh, show and tell for a gift that Sue bought me for Christmas. Nice. Um, I have had um, I have had Bluetooth headphones that she bought for me years ago called, they were Bose. Okay. And I call them in my phone. They're the Jimbos. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And but but the problem is you look like you got two Frankenstein bolts coming oh, out of your yeah. head because they're really big. Sure. And they seriously do. People people say, oh, you look like Frankenstein. <laughs> and uh they sound great, but you also can't get a motorcycle helmet over them because oh, they poke yeah. out. Um so I've been wanting AirPods. And not just AirPods. I wanted the top of the line AirPods that have noise cancellation and um, just these cool features. And so that's what she got me. Nice. So it's a little white case. I'm going to say two inches tall and maybe three inches wide. Yeah, maybe an inch and a half by uh, inch and a half by two by, and a half by two and a half. Yeah, opens up. And it's a compartment with the two ear AirPods in there. That's sleek looking. It's a charging station. As soon as you pull it out, it starts pairing to your phone. Uh, I started trying to pair my iPad just as I pulled those out. And the sound is ridiculous. Dang. And I mean, you can't hear any. It noise cancels. You can't hear anything. I have. I initially had a bone to pick with this whole thing because uh, Apple got rid of the iPhone or the headphone jack yes. on the phones. Yes, started selling dongles coming out the <laughs> freaking wazoo, <laughs> and I was so I didn't want to. Uh, I still don't want to get the new model since then. New quote unquote because they've been right. doing this for years now. Right. I'm on a six S, I think, because um, I hate that. I don't want. I don't want a dongle, and those things I know I would lose. Uh, that's true. And they're too expensive to mess around with. Yeah. If you lose them, that's a lot of money, but I've only ever heard really, really awesome things about them. So, well, and I would confess that if I were not, um, so dialed into Apple, uh, computers, sure. I would switch to Mac, uh, Microsoft. Okay. I just can't seem to climb that learning curve. Well, and it's not just Apple anymore. I mean, now uh, the Androids don't have headphone jacks, I don't think. Well, I'm not talking about that so much. As I'm just, uh, Apple really is so proprietary, and they don't play well with others, mm-hmm. that I have gotten frustrated by that. And I would I would switch to Microsoft if I had the patience to relearn everything. But I feel like it's learning how to walk all over again, and well, I'm too old to learn how well, to We already said it's not too late. That's a fallacy. It's, yeah. that's what, You can pick up guitar right now. It doesn't fit my priority list. There you go. That's that's accurate. That's the <laughs> truth. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's give it our commercial. We'll be right back. Awesome. 
Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. Their desire is to produce transformational content as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others. The dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of Jesus into their daily lives and who are joining him on his mission to redeem and restore all things. Check out their website at jimandjohn.com where you can learn more about the father-son duo and gain access to all they have to offer. If you would like to join the Upstream team, consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash jimandjohn. A link is also available on the homepage of their website. And remember, there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation. All right. Uh, welcome back. Thank you so much for listening to the commercial. Uh, thank you for uh, being here in the new year. I know uh, schedules get ruffled during the holidays. Yeah. And if you've missed a few, uh, catch up, catch up. And yeah. if, if, but, but if it's going to stop you from, from listening some more, just cut and run, just, just get to where you sure. are now, jump yeah. to the front. You're good to go, but that, get, we're, we're glad you're listening right now. We are. We are. Get some Cazone from God. <laughs> get some Cazone and uh, jump back in there with us. Yeah. Uh, by the way, um, pray for us. We're working on a couple of projects that we're pretty excited about, but they are labor intensive. So mm-hmm. uh, John is writing a children's book. I am doing a, uh, I call it a dad deck, 52 cards to facilitate father-son, father-daughter conversations. Um, we're really excited about these products. Uh, but they we're, we're at crunch time needing to get the content finished. And so we appreciate your prayers. We'd love that. Thank you. All right. Two exercises, John, that, um, that might help a person, uh, think through. Sure. This one's called the airport exercise. Okay. So okay. you're, you're sitting at the airport. Let's say you're at, uh, you're at, at Phoenix airport mm-hmm. on a trip. It's five years from now. Okay. And you're sitting there just kind of reading something on your phone because you're waiting for your plane. Why Phoenix? Because uh, I just came from there. I don't know. Hmm. I guess I might be there if Tim and Brittany still are yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. So it's five years from now. You're 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 sitting at an airport. Say you're sitting at SeaTac. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're, I mean, you're headed somewhere. That makes sense. This is in the Pacific Northwest. Is in our, our, our yeah. gas line. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> you're sitting at SeaTac. <laughs> and? <laughs> and it's five years from now. And a person you have not seen for five years says, hey, John, and you turn around and there's okay. this person you haven't seen for five years. And they go, dude, haven't seen you forever. How you doing? What's going on? How's your life? And you say, dude, I am living the dream. Mm-hmm. I can't even begin to tell you how fulfilled I am in my life right now. And he says, well, tell me about it. What is it that you would tell him that would give you that kind of answer I'm so fulfilled. I'm living the dream. What does it take for that to be true that you start to lay out for him? Mm. So first time I did this, I would say I've written and published three books. Um, blah, blah, blah. Three in five years. That's good. Yeah. I've got a podcast with my son and it is now got this many downloads a month. Mm-hmm. Um, our church is super healthy. My kids, I got this many new grandkids, um, whatever else, you know, whatever the list would be. Yeah. And it's a clarifying exercise because it begins to give you an idea of what kind of life you imagine for yourself, even if you haven't taken the time to imagine it. Yeah. 
And then you can reverse engineer that or you can, you know, if I say, well, I've published three books, then I go, hmm, three and five years. What's the timeline I need to be on pace sure. for that? So you like reverse engineer to get to that outcome that. You yeah. Need. Yeah. Then you can start actually making some plans. Yeah. And how many of those, if I'm playing the game, you said one of those is like grandkids. That's outside of your agency. So right. is, do you only list things that you can actually do? Or no, I would, say, whole, I would say I would say I, I took uh, I, Sue and I rented an RV and drove across country with our grandkids. There you go. It'd nice. be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that's one exercise. And the other one is very familiar. It's the bucket list. They made a movie out of this. Sure. And the bucket list idea is, you know, name, say, 10 things to get started uh, that you want to do before you kick the bucket. Mm-hmm. 10 things you want to do that are, that are um, you know, extraordinary. Is kick the bucket a suicide metaphor? No. Like you're hanging yourself and kick the bucket over? I don't know. Boy, that's dark. It is dark. I, was, I just realized I don't know where that comes from. Is that what it is? <laughs> uh, we'd have to look that up. But <laughs> okay. if that's what it is, I'm never using that again. <laughs> Seriously. That's okay. uh wow. We'll call it a, we'll call it a EKG list. <laughs> that when that thing flatlines. When you flatline, these things will have happened. Yeah. You will have done them before that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That but, one, well, and that one, because I kind of lumped that with New Year's resolutions, where that's kind of silly. But is it really... You think a bucket list is silly? A little bit. Because it's all experience-based. It's I want to have this experience, this experience. Hmm. Instead of the other one, is kind of more uh, maybe achievement or lifestyle-based. Interesting. I, I, I just want to know your, your thoughts on why that's here, I guess. I want to learn. Well, it popped in my head earlier during one of our conversations in this recording. So okay. I had not pre-planned to put the bucket list on there. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a bucket list Nazi. I just realized... That I kind of view that as more like pop kind of thing. It does. It does ring to me that, especially in the movie, that the bucket list is a very selfish list. Mm. It it in the movie it is. Yeah. You know, I want to climb Mount Everest. I want to. Um, you know, there's a guy I really like. Mark Batterson is his name. Uh-huh. Pastors of church, written a lot of books, and I've sat down with meals for him, uh, with with him for meals a couple of times, and he's talked about his bucket list. His sure. List. And they're pretty, you know, they're no, they're not small. Like uh, hike, uh, Macho Picchu or whatever. Machu what, Picchu is that it? Machu, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Macho Picchu, <laughs> which he did with his son. You oh know, wow, he's already, he's already done it. But the point is, he makes this list and he's checking them off. He's actually doing it. Yeah, he's doing them. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Maybe that's maybe that's a little more on the selfish side. Well, to actually think about it practically, it could be very powerful. I think a lot of people make them as fun thought exercises, but actually, like he does, make a list of things you're going to do. Mm-hmm. That could be very powerful. Yeah, and the goal is to have the list all checked off before you flatline. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to call it the <laughs> flatline, flatline list. list. Yeah. yeah. All right, John, let's dive into, uh, and we'll, this, is, this will be the way we finish our episode. I hope this is uh, uh, more inspiring to you than just noise but we thought we would go ahead and you know show you ours and that way you can uh get some thoughts going sure so i'll go first since i think i have five and you have four yeah and then you'll so you'll be the first and the last okay and we haven't shared these with each other so Mm -hmm. we may have uh uh, redundancy here maybe or or not mine are are more young guy lists maybe oh thanks not i mean a guy who has less established yours is for a list for a guy further from his flat line Yes. Well, for a guy who's also has less of uh, um, 
less built up in his life. I want to build things, and you've already built things. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You'll get it. Yeah. You go first. Just put the shovel down, John. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number one for me, and these are not in priority list. No, we mine both agreed. These are, not, these are not priority lists. They're just the ones that came to our minds. Um, so the first one I listed is to reduce our fixed expenses by 20% fixed expenses so that's uh yeah our the money we have to have to live so mortgage okay. car payments um we don't we don't have debt but debt payments whatever that would be so static payments the the rate doesn't go up or down it's yeah. just and really year. the way we word that sue and i are wording that is to increase our margin mm-hmm. to to grow our discretionary income mm-hmm. and then we're having discussions about what to do with that it may it may it doesn't mean that's all going to savings it can mean that we're going to do more with our kids because we've been having that, you know, that thing going on. Sure. Uh, but that the cost to operate our lives uh, is lower. Sure. And that you, way, if we wanted to reduce our income, we could. Yeah. Uh, if we wanted to uh, throw more money at retirement preparation, we can. If we wanted to invest more, if we wanted to give more, whatever, we have more options because the overhead cost of doing business is low yeah and uh how i guess how practical how in-depth are you on this like oh we're going to do this this and this we're working that now okay yeah we're working that now but and and we hadn't said together 20 percent, but that's a big number given our uh overhead yeah that's a fifth of your whole yeah expenses that's yeah all Uh, right number one for you number well again the first one, because yes. not no priority, <laughs> uh, would be to uh, uh, have finished a uh, uh, writing project. So this uh, children's book one is a little newer. Uh, I have a few others, so it would be in addition to the kids' book. Because this, I'm hoping oh. to have done um, very quickly, not respectively quickly. So by the end of next year, I would like to finish this and one of the other writing projects that I have uh, personally. Wow. And when you say a project, is that a book? Uh, yeah. Short story? Short, it started as a sh- short story. It's kind of taken a while, but but yeah. So that's why that's why I was ambiguous about what it, exactly you would call it. Uh, and writing project. Uh, finished and published? Not or just finished? Published insofar as uh, you could get it on your Kindle for a dollar, maybe. Yeah. You know, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's published. Yeah. All right. Number two for me is to have another Anaheim family house rental experience. Ooh. Um, two summers ago, we rented a house in Anaheim, had seven bedrooms and five bathrooms, and we brought all of our family there. Tim and Brittany were not able to be there. Everybody else was there, kids, grandkids. And we did uh, a day at Disney. We did beach days. We hung out at the house a lot. That was But amazing. we were all together. It's a big ticket item. Uh, that's why it doesn't happen every year. Yeah. But I want it to happen this year. That was uh, That was a big highlight. That was... One of mine and Lindsay's first vacations together too. So that was a, oh, a yeah. fun thing. We had a day at Disney, just the two of us. Yeah, um, that's one for the books for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, my second one would be uh, these are the next two are semi-related. So this one would be um, to establish some financial investments. Uh, we've been doing good at margin, mm-hmm. uh, but not good at making money work for you. Yeah, do a lot. So. Uh, yeah, that would be to put your money to work. Yeah, in at least some way, because yeah. we both really like the margin. We like the cushion. Yeah, but really, to be effective with your money, um, you don't need a cushion that big. You you need your emergency fund. 
and and then put the rest of those dollars to work. Otherwise, they're just let them make some money. Yeah, getting gathering dust. It's a good plan. Uh, number three for me is for Sue and I to build a front porch onto our house. I would love that. Most of the time, well, all the time, I reach out to others to bring their expertise for these things, mm-hmm. and I watch, I cheerlead, I do. But for this one, Sue and I want to uh, have our buddy design the deck so that he can put together a materials list, and from there we will take it. Wow. We, we want to get the materials do all the cutting, the install, everything. We want to build a front porch on our house together, she and I. That's big. I recall you helping me build, attempting to build something for my wife for our anniversary, <laughs> and it went horribly. It's pretty ugly. I have no skills. Well, I But our porch is a long rectangle with 90-degree uh-huh. angles. There's nothing that's not 90-degree angles. Yeah, There's already a concrete pad to set it on top of. And so this is not complicated. When it comes to building a porch, this is as easy as it's ever going to get. That's and if you have and to, Sue does have mechanical skills. She does she's think that those. way. Yeah. yeah, she's naturally talented for she sure is. in those ways. Yeah. Uh, okay. Third one for me is again uh, related to the first one is uh, to eliminate or be very close to eliminating my student loan debt. Mm. Uh, that is originally was tied to financial investments. We were we were trying to go gung ho on this as possible, and we are going almost as gung-ho on as possible. And the idea was, hey, we can knock this out, and we make some financial investments, and we get a home. And uh, it's taken too long to where I'm ready to make some financial investments before we actually clear mm-hmm. debt. And related to this one is, if I could, if we could eliminate the loan debt by the end of next year, I would love to be in a house. Because for me, this isn't, I'm not prescribing this to any listeners, but uh, we decided that we would not be in a home until that debt was removed. So that we could have, we could continue to have a very reasonable margin, right, with our living condition. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, especially from the emotional side of not having the stress of debt mm-hmm. and to have keep your margins high, even though your mortgage went up. Yeah. Um, however, the interest rate on your student loans is so low that you could argue that the money you're making makes more than the interest you're saving by paying that off, and it might be a smart financial decision to keep a little bit of that debt longer because it's so cheap. And like I said, this is not a prescription, Yeah, uh, but I did the research and I prayed about it and I'm waiting. And there you go. And I'm man, I'm great with that. <laughs> All right. Number four for me is to finish the dad deck, this card deck I'm working on and, uh, have it on the market by father's day. Yeah. That'd be huge. Um, I have a goal of how many, what sales will be like. Okay. But that's just a personal goal. Sure. Sure. That'd be huge to have it out in time. And yeah, the the deadlines on them are probably the most aggressive part of the project. So yeah. if we could if we could meet those, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh okay, my final one related to uh some of the more recent conversations we've been having is to uh have a breakthrough um to have had a breakthrough. So to be at peace with some of the nagging uh theological barriers that I currently have. Hmm. Um, largely related to um, salvation and more nitpicky stuff. Um, what does what does God require of you in your new relationship at post conversion? What's the deal? Mm. What do I uh, what am I expected to do? Um, a lot of these relate to uh, core passages, really really sticky passages that people have been talking about for centuries. You know, thousands of years. Sure. Um, 
So it's it's to finally come to a resting point with these. And what percent of that is curiosity and what percent of that is a burden? You need to relieve this oh, burden. Oh, it's a burden. It's all a burden. It's all a burden. Yeah. Um, and it's not, I don't want, um, I don't want you to worry about me that much or whoever's listening to this, if you care that much, it's, uh, it's not, uh, um, you're not doubting. I'm your not faith. disintegrating. Sure. Right. It's, it's the jars of clay passage. It's yeah. perplexed, but not, um, I forget the word he uses perplexed, but not downtrodden. Mm-hmm. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, I'm confused. And uh, and I don't like it at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I get that. It feels like there's a weak spot in my uh, in my understanding, and uh, and that's always going. I'm never. I'm not expecting to have a full understanding. I, I that's why I use the word at peace. I want to come to a resting point with yes. this. I'm tired yeah. of it. Yeah, that's good. Um, maybe we can process some of that in the podcast future episodes. Well, I got uh, plenty of questions. <laughs> My last one is uh, to have written and published my first non-devotional book. Okay. Uh, we did the we did the pursuit together. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did a 21-day devotional for the fasting and prayer time, which is not really a book. But I want to write a it's book. It's very good, though. I would love to plug that. If you guys go to evergreenpnw.com uh, slash 21 days, that's a, their fasting landing page. And every day of those fasts from January 24th to the— January 4th. 4th, excuse me, to the 25th. Uh, uh, my dad wrote a devotional for each one of those days for encouragement. They're awesome. So just a quick plug. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I actually, um, I did feel like when I finished that, that's the best writing I've ever done. Wow. Well, you only get better. Well, hopefully. All right. Well, there you go. That's our list. I would love it if some of our listeners would put their list together and share it with us. That would be so cool. It'd be really cool to hear back from you. And uh, and these are, again, three to five things that you hope that you, to, you hope to be true. Yes. At the end of the year. Yes. Yeah. And personal curiosity. Any um, uh, headlining ideas on that non-devotional book? No. No. Okay. I have I, I have an ongoing list of about ten book ideas. Okay. And I don't have a deep conviction about which one should go first. Sure. No biggie. Yeah. You got time. Yeah. All right. Hey man, as always, we're really grateful for you listening. Uh we pray you have a great start to twenty twenty one. We're excited about uh God being sovereign over whatever's coming. Mm-hmm. We have no idea if the year is gonna get harder or not. But we know our God is up to the task, and you're going to be able to do it. You can make it. So be encouraged. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. We will talk to you next week.